Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Monica Slomska. Hey, Monica, how are you? I'm fine, doing fine, thank you. How are you? I am well. Monica is joining us from lovely Budapest, probably one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. She is the founder and managing director of Knowledge Pyramid. Um, We'll talk a bit more about Knowledge Pyramid, but they're a specialized management consulting company. They do a lot of work uh, advising in the global business services space, as well as many, many other things now. But before we get into what Knowledge Pyramid is working on, uh, Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career to date. Well, uh, well, it's well, it's nothing about myself. I guess the most interesting is about I'm half Polish, half Hungarian, and married to Egyptian. That's a rare combination, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> and anyone who talks to me is very surprised about that. How yeah, that's a very, very is. interesting perspective. It is indeed. Um, so basically, yes, my parents, my father. Uh, Polish, my mother Hungarian, so I'm coming from a family of doctors, wanted to become one, never did, (laughs) though I tried myself uh, out in the medical sector as well for a couple of years, by the way, Mm -hmm. so I worked for six years in the medical sector, but then I turned uh, to a completely different segment of interest, and uh, well, I'm graduated as a philologist, so I'm expert in languages, Languages, as a Polish Polish language uh, related philologist. And guess what? Here I am managing business on something completely different. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, completely make it. Well, look, I mean, I, I think the reality is that all these experiences lead to what we end up building. And it sounds like you guys are building something really interesting with Knowledge Pyramid. So tell me a little bit more about what you're working on right now. Well, um, Knowledge Pyramid is a dream of mine. Actually, it's um, it's a company which is uh, a self uh, well, it's a startup company. It's a three and a half years of company, and it has been established after twenty three years of professional service in a corporate environment. So that was the time when I when I just felt that I need I need to do something where I can become completely creative, and I can help the best way I can to the to the sector where I'm coming from. So knowledge pyramid is about that is a is basically a group of individuals experts um, who are willing to help in any possible way to service centers small ones and big ones when it comes mm-hmm. to all type of challenges transformation and all kind of uh, projects basically uh, so that's really what knowledge pyramid is about there are a lot of interesting things we are dealing yeah, that's that's a really interesting space to be in. And uh, certainly, I think something that almost, well, every business owner that I know of these days does some form of uh, outsourcing or nearshoring or partial staffing, or there's so many different combinations at this stage. 
And so it's quite a critical part now, I would say, in terms of business in general. But when you look in the marketplace right now, Monica, what are the big challenges that you're seeing that businesses are having what, that they're coming to Knowledge Pyramid with? Well, Knowledge Pyramid is a, is a boutique consulting company. And as I mentioned earlier, we are basically veterans. As you mentioned, too, yeah. we are veterans of the industry. So larger companies, larger service centers, global service delivery, they have completely different challenges or facing different challenges than smaller service centers or the ones or the companies actually thinking about, you know, creating one. So we are focusing rather on the on these smaller companies or the companies who are, you know, which are willing to or, or hoping to create service centers mm-hmm. or the middle-sized companies because they are somewhere in the journey which you know is is they are hoping to be very efficient, uh, uh, very productive. They are hoping to survive uh, COVID challenges very well, but they don't know, not always know, of how to approach the resolution of their problems of their challenges. So mm-hmm. and that comes to all type of uh, really issues or challenges. So what they are facing is you know from basic challenges of how to establish an organization to how to transform one into the future or actually how to transform an organization to be able to survive. Mm -hmm. So that's where we step in. That's how we help. The bigger companies, you know, they have um, lots of great experts to help them, large organizations, large consulting companies. So they can always go and uh, they actually, majority of them does that. They reach out to larger companies and ask for help or they utilize their existing expertise which there are plenty in the large organization to make sure that they can really go uh, or go through the major challenges in their business. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, we're seeing a lot of shifts on how companies work with GBOs across Europe, as well as in the U S and I just be curious to see, you know, originally a lot of the work was kind of very focused on it services or, kind of call center type activities. What are some of the shifts that you've seen over the last couple of years? Well, what I've seen is since long years, actually not like that. In the region where I am living and I'm working, definitely not. I think the customer service and IT related uh, focus was mainly, uh, mainly about you know, transforming activities or transitioning activities from US, for example, to India or Far East. Yeah. But for the Central Europe or Europe in general, that's that's not really typical. So it's one of the one of the part of activities which we are mm-hmm. consolidating. So anything is outsourceable. Anything. Right. Uh, I, I had the I have the luxury in my lifetime to to support many different transitions from finance to animal healthcare, help desk, and whatsoever. <laughs> so I really transitioned various processes uh, and. Um, Normally, you would never think that this is, you know, outsourceable, but it is. You can outsource it with anything. You just have to do it well. <laughs> so let me ask you. So here's a question on outsourcing in general. I agree. Anything can be outsourced. You're absolutely right. But like, what are the magic percentages that you recommend for businesses when it comes to outsourcing? I mean, you know, when it comes to something like you know, outsourcing like your accounting services or, you know, there's so many areas that you can outsource. What percentage of staffing should be outsourced? Well, really, that depends on the on the company and the willingness right. of, you know, of accepting uh, such a change. Because, you know, there are a lot of benchmarks which you could, yeah. you could definitely recommend. And, uh, you know, 
the typical ones like finance, accounting, payroll, and some others, you know, basically the retained proportion is very, very small compared to the uh, pro number of processes which can be outsourced. But when we talk about non-typical or very highly valued processes, those are still, you know, very much shared between the retained organization and the organization which is taking those on board. But again, you know, it all depends on the willingness of the company making decisions on, yeah. you know, deciding about uh, change like this. Because I can honestly tell you that we are talking about a lot of value adds in many, many ways, but we are also, I'm also seeing companies doing exactly the same decision my company have done when I started as a clerk 23 years ago. Right. So I'm still seeing the same or very similar job descriptions, very similar taxonomy. So you would think, yes, many things change. So really outsourcing really level that in many, many companies, it's on an extremely, extremely value add and, and extreme value add, very, very high. Um, um, you know, quality of processes and in general, very high skill is required in some of those. But yeah. there are still companies willing to make the decision very conservatively. And those are the companies doing exactly the same as we have done 23 years ago. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, there's some bolder choices that some companies are making. And I would imagine that the use of technology has really advanced. Do you find that uh, some of the groups that you guys work with are employing more and more machine learning in, in what they're doing? Or is, that, is it still early days? Um, it's not uh, really related to early days. It's, again, related to maturity of the organization, maturity mm. of the processes, and actually, you know, where the, where the company really stands in terms of, you know, what they can or cannot do. Because there's a lot of desire about having automation, machine learning, artificial intelligence implemented in many processes. But companies are actually the the organization itself may not be ready necessarily mm. to implement uh, this in their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. The processes may not be there where they should be in order to enable this. And it actually leads to more chaos than actual productivity. So that is why, that is why I think that um, every move is a, is a great move if it is careful enough and thoughtful enough, I would say. You know, I think you just mentioned something that probably sometimes gets overlooked when especially medium-sized businesses, I think, enter the outsourcing space, is that they're like, oh, well, we want to expand, we want to lower our costs, therefore, we should, we should outsource this or outsource that or find a, part, a BPO partner in some form or fashion. But they forget that they actually have to design a protocol and a process, and they have to have it very clearly structured in many cases you know, to make that relationship work, that must be, I think that's probably one of the areas where knowledge pyramid can probably play a huge, a huge role. Yeah, I think that actually the um, value of appropriate partner when making decisions is key, because uh, especially, as you mentioned, the smaller and the middle-sized companies, you know, they put everything on such decisions, and the wrong decision costs them a lot of money if they don't create a proper business plan, if they don't think over the strategy of what they can achieve and how they can achieve, it leads to long, long, um, you know, process with no clear benefits and even more troubles. And I've seen many projects like that. And those are big, big learning lessons. Actually, yeah. funny enough, I've seen a company doing this project twice and twice wrong. 
Oh. So they're, 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 they're I mean, Monica, I, I don't want to tell you my personal <laughs> horror stories, but I certainly have made those mistakes myself. And you have to, you have to, I, what I've learned over the years is definitely to make sure that spending a little bit more money and planning time on putting that, that strategy together is really critical, like really critical. Um, because you are kind of, you know, ideally, I would say you're creating business relationships that will grow, right? If you're outsourcing something, still those those companies that you're outsourcing it to are your partners. They're, you know, they're really critical partners. So getting that right yeah. is very important. And I think you just pointed uh, very rightly that these, these companies are partners. And the relationship like this, when you outsource your services for long years, because majority of these relationships take at least five years contracts. Yeah. So, you know, it's very important how those are approached and how this, is, this whole relationship is established. Because without proper relationship, without proper understanding, it, it will not work really well. So right. a traditional client-vendor relationship may not always help in resolution yeah. of kind of basic problems very often. So I think it's really, really, really important. But so as it is very important that, you know, how such project is initiated and how such project is actually um, helped or developed till the phase of execution and, and really establishment. Because very often I can see that companies are receiving help or asking for help from consultants uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, selecting services, kind of evaluating what can or cannot be done. But they are kind of trying to save money very often on, you know, uh, taking the, the advice, it's fine, but actually going with it or implementing this, they, they are trying to do this on their own with uh, less success. Mi yeah, with often. mixed results, I can hear. <laughs> I, can results, see it. Yes. I can see yes. it in your face. So um, tell me a little bit, though, about the last couple of years, because it's been an interesting moment. And I'm just curious how this has impacted your industry you know, we've been living through this pandemic uh, that seems to take a different different shift or turn every month. But tell me a little bit about how that's impacted potentially offered opportunities for for you guys going forward. So specifically for Knowledge Pyramid? Yeah, for Knowledge Pyramid. And, and obviously, you know, I think for, from any person's perspective, from you, from a personal mm -hmm. perspective as well. It's very interesting. And I will be very, very honest because... When it comes about giving advices and helping in a change like this during COVID environment, I think we can all agree that, uh, you know, the last two years, yeah, this is, this is actually a success story for this particular sector, for the sector mm -hmm. of business services, because yeah. they are the biggest winners of this. Yeah. With minor challenges here and there, but I think this is the industry which can clearly say we are the winners. When it comes to consulting, uh, I can clearly say that the opportunities which come to us as a smaller company, for example, those are again mainly coming from the smaller centers or the middle-sized centers. And being for me or for us, being a local Hungarian small vendor, it's not always easy to approach uh, companies directly. So surprise, surprise, we are during COVID, we are also struggling the same way as anyone else is struggling. Yeah. So being a small business, small businesses are, are you know reacting very similarly. But we were very, very successful in the last, uh, let's say, one and a half year because we worked on many other things besides consulting. So if, right. if it is only about consulting, we may not uh, achieve the revenue we were hoping for. 
But because we did work on many other initiatives and some other uh, activities which are part of our scope as well, we managed to, you know, to go through COVID and are still going successfully. Yeah. And it's been a moment where I think a lot of companies that are continuing to grow and and be successful have had to rethink uh, different aspects of how they do things. We've all shifted from obviously working in offices or or in service centers to to working in these kind of hybrid structures. And it will be interesting to see how this evolves over the next over the next couple of years. I mean, especially now that we've entered into this new year, Monica, you look forward, what are you hoping to to see uh, in your industry? Well, uh, what I'm hoping to see is that we can continue to, you know, to stay where we are and develop further so that we can prove that we can hire anyone from anywhere. We can work work remotely completely. We can, you know, this is really an industry which is extremely flexible or could be if companies are willing to be flexible. And I think that's what I'm really hoping for, that, you know, from one day to the other, basically the world has changed and this industry segment adopted probably the most when it Mm. comes to services. And um, for me, particularly, because I'm also spending a lot of time on educational activities, I'm hoping that the the future, actually, the the coming period will will, um, engage us even more compared to what we do today. Well, you know, tell me a little bit more, Monica, about some of those educational efforts that you guys are working on. So, well, because of COVID, and because of the, uh, you know, the matter of fact that we felt that there was half a year, which was really idle when it comes to consulting for us. I, I since long time, I felt uh, that our sector requires an in- introduction program or uh, a program which is helping um, freshers, basically, uh, employee, potential employees who are entering the business services directly after university. Mm-hmm. or potential employees who are entering the sector just from completely different uh, area of their career. Right. They feel that they, they cannot no longer work there and they are looking for something different. And um, we are helping these people to integrate them actually to the world of service centers. So we developed a program called Keystone. And this program is actually um, a 36 hours integration program to the world of the service centers. Uh, It took us almost a year to develop this. It's nine modules, really extensive material. And um, starting from last year, we managed to agree with one of the major universities in Hungary to to basically start to educate this program on the university for fresh graduates. And it was a great success. Actually, I'm very happy and very proud because the, the... Survey results of, of the training just came recently, and uh, they're really great. So I, I, it's just a proof that we are doing it well. So, you know, it's always a reflection because first you start with something, you think it's good, but until you know for sure, you can, you know, you cannot, you cannot commit to this. Yeah. Is it really the right thing to do the way you do it? And it's a proof. So we continue. And I'm really, I'm really glad that we have a very large. It, it's so company. funny. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I've, I've thought about the same type of thing for people that actually 
are not going into the sector. They need to learn about it as well. Because, you know, imagine you graduate with an MBA and you're going to go start a business. If you don't really know how to work with the whole GBL and outsourcing space, you're going to fail. You know, you're going to fail miserably, you know, and learning those skills uh, for people not only going into the industry, but also outside is going to be critical. What a what a great program. Well, I'm hoping that Keystone, it continues to expand in 2022, Monica. It's been amazing to talk to you about uh, Knowledge Pyramid and to learn about what's happening in the GBO space and, and how the service centers are evolving over the last couple of years and, and look to continue to play. It sounds like a much greater role for all of us. Um, and I can, I can certainly attest to that fact with, with my own business. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. If someone wanted to reach you, Monica, where should they find you? Well, all my contact details are on the www.knowledgepyramid.hu. So Knowledge Pyramid, if people just search for it, they will easily find me or based on my name. I'm available on all possible social media portals, I think, at least. <laughs> so Excellent. Definitely, uh, definitely reachable. Well, Monica, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Many, many thanks. Cheers. Thank you.